Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Brandon Cox, the journal's senior editor. With us is Chago Zapata, managing editor, and Sergeant First Class Osvaldo Akite, the NCOIC of the NCO Journal. Today we discuss the article, Resilience and Servant Leadership, by Sergeant Major Angela Guigny, the Chief Religious Affairs NCO for the U.S. Army South at Fort Sam Houston, Texas. Before we kick things off, could you please tell us a bit about yourself? Thank you. Um, well, good morning. You know, my name is uh, Sergeant Major Angela Guigny. I am currently the Chief Religious Affairs NCO for Army South and Joint Base San Antonio, Texas. Um, I've been in the Army uh, my whole entire adult life. Uh, probably like a lot of us, um, 18 years and counting. Um, and it's really a pleasure uh, to be here with you all today uh, to discuss the article. Sergeant Major, what initially inspired you to write this article? So, so full transparency, and I was at the Sergeant Major's Academy, uh, and then we were proposed many, many papers uh, to write while I was there. Um, but one of them that really caught my attention was a professional writing paper they asked us to write. Uh, and some of the subjects that they had um, were were pretty attractive, but I was called to um, Master Sergeant Roy Benavidez's paper. Um, and then I was looking and researching about him and that um, his story really motivated me. So I decided to... Um, tackle up right in, you know, get to um, talk about him and what he did. And it was just a fate that, that um, at the same time I was listening to an audiobook um, titled Servant Leadership in Action by Ken Blanchard and Renee Broadwell. And that book is just a, a combination of several uh, authors talking about servant leadership because I wanted to learn more about it. Uh, so armed with the knowledge and my research with that, I decided to go in a little bit more in depth and see how, you know, his story uh, can ex- exemplify, which it does, um, the um, what servant leadership and resilience look like and how we can all learn from it. Can you give us an example of how his um, his life, his story kind of resembles that servant leadership? Yes, of course. No, so my son of Benavides was a Vietnam veteran, um, and he did some pretty awesome things. Um, one of, in his story, um, he's, he's there here in San Antonio, by the way, and I'm going to go uh, visit his place like next week. Uh, just to pay my respect. Um, but this is a story of an NCO who obviously is a hero, and he not only survived the wounds of war, you know, he went into Vietnam, he stepped into a mine, and um, was able to survive that. Then he got back into the fight and went out there and, uh, and it was able to rescue a lot of uh, his comrades, and then also with that, you know, they thought that he was going to be dead, 
um, when uh, that happened and just how wounded she was. Um, but then even with that, he was able to recover uh, and then turn that around and use it, you know, to exemplify. And he talked about how all of this was part of a purpose driven life, you know, what was his purpose in life um, was to do this. He And one of the quotes that I came across in my research for him, he talked about, you know, that his faith, his determination and his positive attitude uh, can carry people farther than ability. You know, he had a, a firm convic conviction uh, and a commitment to service. Uh, they helped him bounce back from all of that adversity uh, and then exemplify through that, you know, what a servant leadership is. You know, he went back and forth, rescued his comrades, came back and to uh, his community and continued to pay forward by talking to the community, by talking to the youth about overcoming adversities. So, Major, there's something that came out that kind of stood out to me at the very beginning of your article. You said that uh, being a servant leader is antithetical to the newly, newly developed resiliency culture. Can you explain what you meant by that? I know we're kind of moving away from uh, the Massar and Benavides, but I, I was curious about that specific part of your article. Yes, so when when I talked about that, you know, we and at the Army, you know, we have now adopted at the Master Resiliency Training. You know, we have the program, Soldier Family Fitness Program, uh, that is our approach to increasing resiliency within the military. So we send uh, soldiers to this training to get the skills, you know. However, you know, I believe that it takes servant leaders to carry out those skills uh, to actually create a resilient community. You know, it's not enough with us just checking the block and learning the skills, going to the MRT training, um, and saying that we did it, you know, uh, we also need to take that seriously uh, and carry it out with everything, everything that we do, you know, um, is to me, you know, we can is amazing. I love it that we are in a place that we are now that we learn from our history, you know, we learn from from stories like Master Sergeant Benavides, you know, and many others. Um, however, you know, we need to take the skills and we need to put it in practice. And I believe it takes certain leaders to be able to do that for us to practice servant leadership every day, to be intentional about doing that with our soldiers, to get close to them, to get to know them. Uh, in order for us to be able to practice leadership, to help improve the organization, not just professionally, you know, which is great, but personally, because we all know, you know, if our soldiers are not doing well personally, they're not going to be 100% effective. You make the case in your article that uh, leaders influence the resilience in an organization. So maybe can you talk a little bit about the last time you had a conversation, a difficult conversation about some, some stressors some of the soldiers were experiencing and maybe how that helped them? Yes, yeah, so... I am a, a religious affairs and, and the military, so I, I, I am privileged to do this uh, on probably an everyday basis uh, and throughout my entire career uh, to be able um, to practice that. And obviously, the military has equipped me 
with the skills uh, to be able to exercise them. Um, but yes, so leaders can directly uh, help and facilitate uh, the coping mechanisms uh, for soldiers to deal with stress uh, and military operations and, and in everyday operations and life. You know, you have a, a soldier that comes to you and, and is dealing with um, stressors, you know, the different stressors that we have in life, you know, the challenging of uh, the uh, operational environment, you know, uh, everything that we do or schedules, you know, the up-tempo, you know, the, the family separations, uh, and all of that can affect how the, the soldiers are born and their well-being, obviously. Um, so what do we do, you know, in order for for leaders to be able to influence that and to help them. Uh, it, it's easy stuff, you know, some things that, that we sometimes take for granted. Uh, taking the time to to get to know them, you know, one thing. Uh, have those difficult conversations with them, uh, even if that makes you feel uncomfortable, you know. Have those conversations with them to help them. Equip yourself, you know, if you feel like you are not prepared to deal with it, tap into some of the um, the things that there are available in the military, the organizations and, and the skills for us to enhance those skills, you know, to, to practice. Take the time to actually actively listen to your soldiers when they're going through that um, and then help them cope with that. Something as, you know, they're coming to you and they're dealing with a difficult squad leader. You know, something that they're having a difficult time dealing with that. Uh, then take the time to listen, to really listen, not to just, uh, hey, you know, we'll talk about this later, you know, uh, and then try to address the root of the problem with them. You know, having issues with finance, you know, one of the biggest issues that we deal with uh, are relationships. Um, how how would you know, you know, that they're dealing with that if you are not uh taking the time to put in them first, to put yourself aside uh, and then concentrate on taking care of the soldier's needs. I don't know if, if this um, addressed your question, but I can I can deep uh, a little bit deeper if you like. Um, you can do um, in your counseling sections, obviously we should all be doing counseling with our soldiers, not just once a month. Uh, for uh, your performance, you know, uh, you also can do regular counseling with them, have those regular conversations with them. Uh, doing things, you know, after you do an event or a training, uh, then take the time to do an, an AR with them. Uh, something simple, you know, hey, let's discuss this, let's see how we are processing what is going on and what we're learning from this. Uh, and, and the environment that you might be, you might be in a training, you might be at the office. Uh, you might be doing, uh, you did um, a you know, military ball. Let's see how we can cope and how we can process these experiences. The same thing, you know, when I remember when I was in Iraq and my very first deployment, uh, I joined the Army uh, in the middle of um, the war. I joined in 2005. Um, and uh, right off the back, I landed in Fort uh, Liberty. Uh, at the time for Bragg, North Carolina, and I was a private he won and was sent to uh, Iraq um, to conduct my job that I had just learned in AIT. 
to be a religious affairs specialist at the time. It's called a chapel assistant. And when we had events that happened, traumatic events with our soldiers, um, that unit that I was in was a transportation unit, uh, 7th Transportation Battalion. And, and they, we unfortunately uh, had a whole bunch of uh, events that happened to us. And then we lost several soldiers during that time. Uh, and then we took the time after those events happened, you know, to help these soldiers process that experience, to talk about, have those difficult conversations, you know, how does that make you feel, you know, how how we're going to go on, you know, what are you willing to do? Um, just have those health conversations with them and help them process uh, the experience they, that they're dealing with, you know, because those stressors, they mount up, you know, and before you know it, they affect their performance that they, they do every day, not just during uh, work and military operations, but when they head back home uh, to join their family members. Sergeant Major, as I was listening to you talk, I could tell that you you have a lot of the servant leadership uh, traits that you're saying through, you know, like community, building a team, listening, empathizing with your soldiers, stuff like that. And I think as a religious affairs NCO, you have a unique position where you can impact a lot of soldiers and, and help build that community. And now I know that the servant leadership traits, there's 10 of them. Um, and I listed a few there, empathy, listening, things like that. What do you think is one of the most important traits and, and how you use that? Wow. That is an awesome question. You know, um, I, I think all traits are important you know they're all vital um, for you to be able to exercise um servant leadership um but in my humble experience i think empathy will probably be on the top of it um to be able to kind of have an understanding uh and not just say, you know, hey, okay, I'm listening, you know, I, I understand. But also getting there in the whole of the situation with them um, and and have that emotional connection with them that you can empathize with what they're going through. You know, I, I think, you know, when, for us to be able to be effective leaders, you know, you have to really get in there with your soldiers. It's not enough with saying hey, leadership is about providing purpose, direction, and motivation in order to accomplish the mission and um, improve the organization, but it's about really getting in there and taking care of people. You know, along those lines, I, um, I wanted to ask you, is there a specific person, a leader, who you would say that you know <clears throat> that maybe has uh, mentored you or that you worked with or in some way uh, you've been associated associated with who you think embodies the properties of a of a servant leader you know you asking me that and i i, I you know the chaplain corps is pretty small so i'm gonna get in trouble if i just say one <laughs> and then my, my other one so they would get jealous <laughs> but uh <laughs> um so you know, I, I work for a, a 
I'll tell you, they, they all serve a leader. So I work for a current servant leader right now, uh, Chaplain Dan Rice. He is the description uh, of a servant leader in how he takes the time to actually improve his soldiers' uh, life. You know, we have a small team, but he takes the time to do that with each of us. You know, prior to him, I was honored. You know, we have a chaplain, Keith Kroom, who recently retired, um, who was a big influence into my life and who helped me, you know, now that you reminded me of, you know, overcome some very uh, challenging times in my personal life. Um, and then, therefore, helped me to even to be a better professional than than I was because of the time I was dealing with. And I'll tell you, you know, personally, uh, I was dealing with a divorce uh, of a ten year relationship, and uh, and that was very difficult for me. Uh, and uh, I will tell you that he took the time to. To help me, you know, to listen, to to do all these qualities, to, to empathize, you know, to he had the uh, the foresight to to tell me every day how I was gonna overcome that adversity, and that was not gonna define me, uh, and and then he made the commitment, you know, uh, every day and every activity that we have to help me grow and learn from that, you know. To this day, I am indebted to him. Um, just like I had amazing NCOs, you know, that have taken the time for uh, to to improve uh, my life uh, and the practice servant leadership. I'll tell you, I mentioned Iraq earlier today. I had um, a sergeant major at the time. Her her name was Sergeant Major Neal. I think her name now is uh, retired Sergeant Major Wilson, uh, who traveled in Iraq during that time to visit the only private that she had. Uh, Khalil, uh, and uh, and to take the time to sit down uh, a SAR major, and that was a private, to listen to me, to help me improve personally, to help me enroll into college uh, in the middle of a war zone, to highlight those things that I needed to do to improve professionally. Um, I am the due date uh, forever indebted and that and always will remember the impression that she had on this very young soldier. And she's she's been retired, but uh, to this day, I still have a relationship with her. Because, and it started, you know, in the trenches right there in the middle of the desert uh, by her exemplifying servant leadership. You know, I had a, uh, I, I don't know if you heard about it, but I was, uh, I was in the Marines for 20 years. And I remember a, uh, a person who was, uh, who made a big impression on my life and, and, and my leadership style. His name was um, Gunnery Sergeant Tibbetts. And I still remember him. He was very uh, influential and in, in the, the, the leader I, I eventually develop, developed into. Uh, and it's, it's interesting, though, that uh, I didn't realize it then, but I realized it. I realize it now that the qualities that that uh, that he embodied were uh, were those of a servant leader, and he was uh, one of those people that you, when you let him down, he didn't he didn't like go all crazy like some do. Uh, he was always he was like a disappointed dad, and it was it always made me feel like God, man, I I let him down, and I, I just didn't want to let him down. So uh, I just wanted to throw that out there, to, just to, to let you know that. Um, 
some of us, you know, have also uh, dealt or had people in our lives in our in our careers who uh, who, who who turned uh, our you know with just small acts, you know, turned our entire lives into in a different direction because of who they were, because of the kind of leaders they were, because they were like Gunny Tivitz. He was a uh, servant leader. So thank you for that, and thank you for this article. Thank you so much for for, for saying that. You know, and, and when you said that, I, I love it. You know, because it, it, we ha- we we wouldn't be where we are today without servant leaders, and and that's something that it, it, that is the army doctrine. You know, and it's exemplified every day. Uh, but I what I want young soldiers to know, especially young NCOs, is that it it doesn't necessarily need to be a senior leader. You know, it doesn't need to be a soul major. We are all in the position of influence to be able to influence somebody else's life. Um, we, you know, are in the positions to be able to contribute to make their lives better. And therefore, that is going to improve the organization. Sergeant Major, where would you tell some of the junior NCOs to go if they don't have necessarily a good grasp on some of these servant leadership traits? Yes, you know the the thing is that that we we have done so much research as an organization, and then we've come a long way since even when I joined, and then even before that. Uh, and every day I'm in the military, I realize how much more we are improving. Uh, I don't care what other people say; we are even a better force today than we were when I originally joined. Um, but there are tools, you know, you mentioned there there are there is already training there set out uh for us to be able to learn. Uh if you don't have those, you know. Um one thing that, that I could tell, you know, um to some to young soldiers, you know, is they to stay true to themselves, you know, and the the leadership that they believe on as um, illustrated in Army leadership. Um, and to take that, you know, the training that we receive seriously. Honestly, you know, I will tell you, I I could talk to soldiers and let's say I asked them about um, some of the skills taught uh, during Master Resiliency Training. Um, and uh, a lot of them can articulate them, you know, they can articulate one or two, which is um, is not where we want to be uh, optimal. You know, I think that if you take in, you know, the training um, seriously, it can be a great asset for any junior leader. Uh, if you go in there and you actually, hey, if you even get the opportunity to be units MRT, it's even better. Um, but when you do attend the trainings, you know, they provide all kinds of uh, resources uh, to for us to improve. And now in a leadership development model has all these different checkpoints and things that we can do during NCOES. Uh, they help us develop those traits as leaders that, that we need to be able to exercise it every day to it. Yeah, what I got from that, Sergeant Major, was that uh, you, you kind of touched on what you, you said in your article is that you have to have these conversations as a group. You have to have these conversations together 
um, discussing everybody's different uh, stressors because everybody yeah. in that group will be able to put their perspective or put their, hey, you know what, this is not as, as bad as you think. Um, and that's that, I think, is what helps build that skill up, right? Because one thing mm-hmm. is receiving the training, but I think the other thing is also putting it into practice. And that's that's kind of what I got from what you said. A hundred percent, you know, and then get it into practice, you know, and that's when I, I, I talked about the takes a servant leaders, you know, okay, to carry out those skills uh, to be able to create uh, a resilient uh, community. Um, and that's what we want to be. We're getting there, uh, but we're not 100% there. Um, I see, like, even this week, I, NCOs, comment, senior NCOs come in to talk to me about how to deal with specific situation with a soldier. And the answer, you know, a lot of the times is to empathize with the soldier, get get understand what they're going through and and build that community around them to help them thrive um because especially a lot of us we have to understand where we're going you know like we joined army i'll tell you i joined army i was i I was born and raised in the dominican republic went to high school in east texas for a year and joined the army right after that uh and went to north carolina uh away uh from Texas and my support group and had to really rely on uh, the uh, Army community uh, to help me uh, deal with all the stressors, the family separations, you know, the learning the job, the learning the language that for me at the time was uh, was a stressor, you know, deploying right away. Uh, I relied on the entire community uh, to be able to, to help get me to where I am today uh, to help me deal with that. Um, I just turned 19 at a time, just like a lot of young soldiers. Oh, that's excellent. As a, as a kind of a final question, uh, we usually t- typically ask this to a lot of our authors. Um, if you could go back in time and give advice to a young, freshly promoted uh, S- Sergeant E5 Guigny, what would you tell yourself? Wow. Is it, this is a really good question. You know, I was very young when I got promoted uh, to Sergeant Five, and I and I really wanted it. I was so excited and, and full of energy um, when I got that promotion. It was it was a big deal for me um, because I wanted to have soldiers. I wanted to be able. To, to influence them and, and to help them in their life and their career. Um, at that time, you know, uh, if I look back, I would uh, tell myself the number one thing, you know, remember the leadership is about taking care of people. Um, our job as NCOs is to take care of our soldiers, you know, in order for Sergeant Quigney, um to be able to do that, you know, uh, she needs to get to know her soldiers, you know. She needs to take the time uh, to get to know them and in order for the for Sergeant Gregney to be able to impact their lives personally and professional and professionally. Um and that to learn, you know, the meaning of uh, servant leadership. Um, early on, you know, I, 
I know a lot of the times we we can tend to look at servant leadership, although it's just a servant, you know, somebody, your soldiers are going to walk all over you. You're just going to let them do what they what they want to do. That That is not the definition of, of a servant leader, you know. The definition of a ser- servant leader, you know, is, is about, you know, taking the time to influence them, you know, to accomplish their goals, you know, uh, to really grab, grasp the concept of, you know, being the servant of the people that uh, I lead. Um, I, I find out and in, in my career, you know, that sometimes when we are so focused on like, hey, you know, I want to become like that, that that's the thing, you know, I want to become a staff sergeant. It's hard to become a staff sergeant uh, for some MOSs. You know, there's just so much um, that we have to do and we have to um, make sure that, that we are properly achieving our goals and one at a time. Um, and then we, we tend to maybe focus a little bit too much about ourselves. Uh, and then I would say, you know, you can achieve your goals. I can be um, even better. I can be effective. I can be a, a great leader uh, and still be able to accomplish my goals uh, as long as I am focusing on the well-being of my soldiers as I am focusing on developing them. Uh, that is going to fulfill your life and your purpose more than any promotions that you can achieve in the military more than any other personal goals and i'll tell you that that if even doing that you know i am the living example you know 18 years later that you will get to promotions you will achieve your personal goals um, as long as you're focusing on your subordinates as long as you're focusing on improving them and then develop their development professionally and personally. Thank you, Sergeant Major, for joining us. And a thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles, and get published with the NCO Journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. We'll catch you next time on the NCO Journal Podcast.